Hey there, welcome back to the Northwest Audio Podcast, Midweek Formation, where we give some supplemental content to take your formation beyond Sunday morning. My name is Nick, I'm the community pastor here at Northwest, and I'm here with our lead pastor, Luke. Today, as the Christmas season closes and a new year is on the horizon, we close our conversation on the four themes of Advent, talking about love. Here it is. Last but not least, certainly not least. Definitely not least. You know, as Jesus would say, probably most. Perhaps most. Perhaps most, not least. Uh, I hope everyone had a very Merry Christmas. Um, we're It's a little weird to say that. We're recording this a, a week ahead because we, uh, as staff, don't work the week between Christmas and New Year's. Typically, we usually take that week off as a holiday. So uh, we're recording this ahead of time. So it's a little weird to be like, <laughs> hope, hope you had a Merry Christmas, but it's not Christmas yet for us right now as we yeah, record we, this. It's so we're it's still a, it's a little weird to say that. Out. But, um, but I hope you did have a very wonderful Christmas with your family um, and maybe friends and all the different things that you, whatever you do for your holiday traditions. But uh, today we're talking about love. We are closing out Advent. Man, and it was a powerful month. Yeah, signed, sealed, delivered. Done From for. Jesus himself. From Jesus himself. Merry Christmas, humanity. Yeah. No, it was a really cool month. I, I think um, the, the, the themes and the candles, I think everything landed really, really nicely. And just um, for me especially, even though I wasn't here for a lot of stuff because I've been sick most of the month, um, I feel like there was this spiritual, um, there was just like the, the presence of God was just very tangible this month. It was. Um, of just like a God being near. Yeah. Um, how perfect is that? You know, because, you know, Isaiah 7, when it's like, he will be called Emmanuel, God with us. Yeah. Like God among us. Um, and so this has been a month with, with God among us, and that's been really cool. But if you remember from our conversations back in September, um, the main theme that I like really want to keep coming back to this, this season of the podcast um, is becoming a person of love. Um, that's, that's the goal of the formation is, you know, if it's the goal of formation is to become Christ-like, well, what is Christ-like? He's like love. Um, and so we want to become people of love. And so as we are forming, how can we form into that kind of person of love? Um, and so that's, I think it's important to talk about that a little bit today. Um, just as we unpack this, this theme of love in Christ and in Christ's coming and all these things. So as Christmas was last weekend, um, and we have celebrated the birth. We've we've talked about love at Christmas Eve services and, and done all the candles and done all the things. And we've thought about love in in this regard. Um, but I feel like typically when we think of love, we we think of like Jesus's lifestyle. We think of like what um, the way he interacted with people, and not necessarily his birth. Um, so I, I would think it would just be good to take a little bit to spend some time. Um, looking at how the birth of Jesus, not even just the life of Jesus, but the very birth of Jesus is this act and this embodiment of love and, and how we can try to embody that specific love rather than just looking at the, oh, look at how Jesus treats people. But but even going back to the very birth of Jesus and seeing the love in that. Um, so how would, how would you say that the birth of Jesus kind of embodies that same kind of love? Well, I wish that my response was originated in original ideas, but is any idea original? Uh, I mean, there's really <laughs> nothing new under the sun is what Ecclesiastes <laughs> says. So 
everything is an iteration of a former idea, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I mentioned this, I think maybe two or three podcasts ago, um, maybe the first one, just this little book I stumbled across called um, Advent and Christmas Meditations. Um, it's called, it's, excuse me, it's called God is in the Manger. Uh, Christmas. Oh, Bonhoeffer. Yes, Advent and Christmas Meditations by Diedrich Bonhoeffer. Yes. His last I, two. I wrote that down in my notes so that I gotcha. Can, uh, get Let's it link that in the show notes as well. Okay, yeah. and, um, it is uh, a delightful little book. On it's very short, and it's just it just kind of covers the month, uh, the four Sundays. Um, Diedrich Bonhoeffer does a great job of um, taking his time to consider all of the different perspectives of this little baby Jesus in the manger. And I'm going to quote him from this book, uh, God is in the manger to respond to your question. And the quote is out of love for human beings, God becomes a human being. Mm. And the extent of God's love, I think is made manifest in Jesus in the manger and then is made manifest again in yeah. his crucifixion on the cross and is made manifest again in his resurrection mm. from the grave. And so he is human being for sure. And he is God for sure because he resurrected from that grave. So in one sense, he's completely like us. In another sense, he's nothing like us, <laughs> right? Um, so in one sense, we can relate to him and he can relate to us because he is fully human. And God didn't have to do that. He didn't have to um, institute a rescue plan. He didn't have to go to great lengths to relate to us, humanity. Um, he didn't have to do any of that, but out of a deep love for humanity. Yeah. And it says, what does the Bible say? Is that God is love. Yeah. And so he's the very source of love. He is the very definition of love. Mm. And any love defined without the word God in it is a love lesser than that of what God offers. And so I think the very birth of Jesus coming to um, what would be kind of a backwoods forgotten young Jewish girl who came uh, many miles to register for new taxes. Yeah. And the town was so populated with visitors that they couldn't find a place to spend the night. There was no room at the holiday and there was, there was no vacancy available. And so they just find um, an accommodating, uh, basically barn, yeah. um, even though it was very unlike what we think of an American barn. It was more like a, a stabling that was in the back of a cave. And so God turns the entire order of power upside down mm. in Jesus's birth. And instead of it being a top-down hierarchy power, it's now a bottoms-up humility power. Mm. And so Jesus being fully man and fully God, fully authoritative, fully sovereign, all-powerful over all things, has come about in the world at just the right time and in just the right place. Yeah. And that place is, is a food, you know, a food trough in yeah. the back of, for, for, for agricultural cattle, cattle. And so God 
God's love for humanity is so supreme and so pure and so unadulterable, if that's a word, <laughs> it can't be adulterated, that God becomes a human being himself. Yeah. So to try to grasp the depth and the breadth of God's love is very challenging without really taking your time to meditate on the birth of of God's son, Jesus, who eternally existed before he was born as a baby. Yeah. So, Which is trippy to think about. It's so trippy. And this is kind of where our brains hit our limit. You know, at some point we can't really comprehend how Jesus eternally existed in spirit before he existed in body flesh, but he did. I mean, he was there, he was participatory in creation. The triune God was always present from the beginning. And so it does get very trippy, but God didn't have to send Jesus as yeah. a baby. He didn't have to do that. And I think that to me is the, the, the surest guarantee of God's complete and total love for humanity is that he would give his only begotten son. Um, I have one son of three kids. Um, I mean, I wouldn't give any of my kids, but the, you know, the thought of the thought of offering one of my children, um, for a greater cause is unfathomable to me. There's just zero possibility of me ever relinquishing one of my children for a greater cause. Um, and that is the love of a parent to a child. And yet God's love for humanity, his many children, uh, is, is so pure and so, um, is so complete and so vast that he orchestrates yeah. an eternal plan to give his son to the world as an atoning sacrifice for sins. And then, you know, of course, you know, he still resurrects and, and reigns even today. He's alive. God is alive. Jesus is alive. I think it's what's so cool about the Christmas story is that it starts and it never ends. Mm. Um, so that to me, that's the answer that uh, is better than any clever answer is that out of love for human beings, God becomes a human being. Uh, he also says, I think this is beautiful too, um, especially at Christmas time when we're all trying to like be our best, do our best. Right. Um, again, this is a quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. God loves human beings, not ideal human beings. Mm. That's good. But human beings as they are. God loves the world, not an ideal world, but the world as it is. Wow. To me, that just captures in spirit the uniqueness of God's love. Yeah. He loves you because he created you. Yeah. Yeah. Period. Um, No, that's good. I think you really got something with the, the humility of it, of just like the, the, the giving up of, of glory. Um, you know, a lot of songs will use like that kind of lyric of like you, you came, you gave up glory, um, and you gave up heaven. Um, and you chose to come here. You chose to humble yourself. You know, it comes a lot from that Philippians too. Yeah. Um, you know, who gave up everything. Um, and so I feel like that right there, that premise of humility and self-sacrifice and, and, giving up um that that kind of power or glory which you have um for the sake of someone else for the sake of love that right there is that full embodiment 
of God's love that is just like so pure. Um, and I love, I love it. And I don't know if it's a word, but unadulterable is great. <laughs> of like, cannot it be adulterated. It cannot be adulterated. Like yeah. it cannot be corrupted. Yeah. Um, it That's cannot even be, it, it cannot yeah. be, um, chipped away at. No. Like it is just, it is standalone. It is stronger than anything else. It, it can't, it can't be beaten. Um, there's something that's just really cool about that that's expressed within the birth, not just in like the the day-to-day life. And um, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I just I just think that when we think of the love of Jesus or we think of the love of God, we think of like Jesus's ministry. You know what I mean? Or we think of the cross or we think of, the, and those are all great things. Those are obviously good things that we should be, you know, looking at and, and looking to and praising God for. But like, let's not forget the birth. like. The very the very existence of 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 God in human flesh is is just this big huge act of love and sacrifice yeah. for His people. Mm. Um, you know, before He even before He even said His first word, God was sacrificing. Mm. Like like the sacrifice of God wasn't just on the cross. It wasn't it wasn't just there. It was in it was in the very point of becoming human. Yeah. Um, and I just think we mi- I think we miss that sometimes. I think we just jump to the cross real quick and we just skip over everything else. And God's like, don't forget, don't forget all of it. It was love <laughs> from A to Z. Yeah. No, I love that you the you pointed that out. I was I was on a really cool uh, Zoom call yesterday. I don't do Zoom calls very often, but it was a group Zoom call with Erwin McManus, who's a pastor out in Hollywood. No way. California. Yeah, it was super cool. You were on cool. a Zoom call with Erwin McManus? Yeah, it was dope, dude. It was super cool. And he was doing a coaching session for uh, lead pastors on Christmas messages. Oh, cool. And he talked about how... Um, <laughs> he talked about how... N- Every no one gets exhausted from receiving gifts. They only get res- exhausted from giving gifts, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, there's something about the Christmas season where, like, a church like ours, you know, we have an end yeah. of year giving campaign. Right. You know, followers of Jesus, we call on to tithe. And so, like, a lot of the times, the Christmas season can can be a request from someone else to give. And, and dude, I've got a lot of nieces and nephews. And I've got three kids. And so my wife and I literally have like a whole budget for oh, yeah. Christmas, right? Oh, to make yeah. sure Christmas hits all of our nieces, nephews, children, all the things. And, you know and that I mean? money adds up. It quick. adds up quick. And it can be kind of it can become kind of exhausting yeah. to always be in a posture of giving or of like thinking about who am I giving to and right. am I giving enough? But the only person that's justified <laughs> to feel fatigued in giving is God. And he doesn't. And he doesn't get fatigued so in giving. Good. He just keeps giving and he just keeps giving and he just keeps giving. And I thought Erwin was making this, making a mention of this of like, God never tires of his, mm. of his own generosity. Mm. And um, to your point of that God has been giving since the opening remarks of, of scripture, yeah. right? And God's greatest act of giving in, you know, in the manger, in the nativity. Yeah. Uh, and then God's another, you know, it's just one act of yeah. generosity after, yeah. after it's, the it's, other. It is, it really is love from A to Z. Yes. Page one to, to the last page. You know, it's not like a, you know, this is the part where God sacrificed. Yes. No, 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 no. It's the it's whole been, yeah, thing. The whole thing from A to Z has been a, an act of generosity. Even creating people. Yeah. If you think about it, like if God create, God created us, 
and with the intention of us creating and with the intention of us to, you know, steward creation, like he had to give up quite a bit of control. Oh, absolutely. Like God very easily could have been like, oh, I'm just going to take care of this the way I want to. Right. And I'm going to do it all myself and I'm not going to create these people to help me or anything like that. I'm just going to do it and do it myself and be really stingy. But he chose not to. He was generous with that. He he yes. gave up control and was like, I'm going to give this over to you. I want to invite you to participate with me. And there might be pain there. Might, there might be struggle there and strife there. But I would rather have the relationship with you. I'd rather have the bond with you. Because, you know, the equal capacity for for pain, there's a capacity for joy and love. Yeah. And, and and all of these wonderful things that that God wants to experience with humanity. Um, and so it's, it's just so true that you just... From the very, 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 very beginning, God's agenda is love and generosity and self-sacrifice. He's just constantly giving himself over. Um, love, it, it, I say this in the, in the devotional, but uh, that love is like the, you know, as we've talked about with the whole progression thing, love is like the greatest. It's like the, the tip, the, the, the top of the cake in Advent, I feel like. I feel like it's like the fullest extent of mm. Advent of like, oh, all these things we're expecting God to come back. We're expecting God to restore. We have hope. We have peace. We have joy. And it's like, but all of this is so wrapped up and full of love. Yeah. Like it's just like love is just behind every single one of these things. It, it supports it. It like keeps it moving. It It's all wrapped in love. And I yes. just think that's so cool. It's like a big old present. It's a beautifully packaged present of love. And I think the nativity scene, the Advent season, the birth of Christ is sometimes junior varsity to that of Easter. Oh, 100%. You know what I mean? And Easter gets, um, rightfully so, Easter, justifiably so, Easter gets a lot of symbolic attention Mm -hmm. because of the cross. And the, the only reason the cross is such a powerful symbol is because of Paul's theology of yeah. reclaiming symbology in the Roman world yeah. and taking what was equivalent to our, you know, at least, you know, 30 years ago, an electric chair, uh, and somehow turning that into a spiritual symbol. Yeah. Like, you know, the crosses was their means of crucifying the, the worst of the worst, yeah. right? Uh, it was supposed to, supposed to be degrading. And um, now we have this powerful symbol in the cross. Well, the cross wouldn't mean a daggum thing without the manger. Mm-hmm. And the manger would not come with the beauty and, and mystery and power without the symbol of the cross. Yeah, And so it really is a, a, a beautiful um, pairing yeah. of the two. And I think that the nativity, the, the manger deserves an equal amount of enthusiasm Absolutely. as does the cross symbol. God's love to me is um, is tender and it's sweet and it's seen in a variety of means all throughout scripture and is embodied in so many different aspects throughout God's word. But the nativity really does, the manger scene really does like introduce the depth and breadth of God's love. Yeah. Um, because he didn't have to do any of it. Right. No, I do, I do agree. I think, um, I do think the nativity gets overlooked um, at least when it comes to like the joyous celebration of God's love. Um, I think we always just associate the nativity with like a, 
we think of like Silent Night, and we think of like peace, and we think of just like, yeah. oh, so quiet and calm. It's and probably still. nothing peaceful about baby, that night, <laughs> baby Jesus. It was probably a terrible first night. Jesus probably, probably an awful night. Jesus probably cried all night long. No, um, you know it's probably true. Um, yeah, yeah. but like we think of like peace and baby sleeping. It's like so quiet and calm and serene and beautiful. Ask any mom who's taken their home, yes. ch- new, newborn infant home from the hospital and ask them how that first night yeah. was. How peaceful, how peaceful <laughs> was that? Was that a silent night? I don't think no. so. Um, lots of crying, lots of shouting. Um, so should we ask you and Maddie to sing noisy <laughs> night? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, like because we, we think of it with that like peace mindset um, and, and, you know, Pair that with now all our holiday traditions. Um, you know, the holiday holiday traditions tend to just kind of like overshadow that sometimes, I yes. feel like. And so the nativity just comes becomes this forgotten symbol um, of just like a, oh, that's just a thing we do at Christmas time. That's part of our tradition. Um, whereas Easter is this, like we don't have as many holiday traditions around Easter. Right. You know, people might do Easter bunny stuff, you know, they might not, but like, it's, it's not like Christmas. And so Easter is like, this is the joy, like good Friday. And then the the cross and the resurrection, praise God, you know, like these, these things have become like essential and they've become central to our, um, to our faith and to our traditions and to everything that we do, Hmm. um, in Western Christianity. And so like, like you said, that tends to very easily overshadow the manger. Um, and I just, I can't, I can't discourage enough to not do that. Yeah. I can't, I can't say enough how, um, how important it is to elevate the manger back up. Um, you know, I was listening to someone once, um, who had said, uh, God, I can't remember who it was, but they had said that there were, there's basically, um, four different, things that that people will view as like the most important thing about about Jesus or about um you know God becoming flesh. And it's either the birth of Jesus, so like the actual incarnation itself. They'll think of it as the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, or the resurrection of Jesus. Hmm. And typically, like typically someone like people will have will tend to have one of those things be their favorite, be their favorite mm-hmm. or like their hierarchy in their theology of like, this is what I view as most important. Um, I think they're all equally as important, but, um, but people tend to have just like a favorite that, that one just kind of goes up there like, man, that's just like so beautiful. Like that's the thing. That's the thing that seals the deal for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we tend to always put the manger on the bottom. Mm. It's true, man. Because even, even if even if we view the incarnation itself as a beautiful thing, we're like, wow, God would humble himself. But we always keep reading in Philippians. We'll say, we'll say, God humbled himself even to the point of a death on a cross. You know what I mean? We're like, we're like, God became man and died. And we're like, wait, 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 stop skipping ahead. He became a man. man. Let's just sit on that for a minute. <laughs> and he didn't even become a man. He became a baby. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Who couldn't speak? Yeah, like he, he couldn't do anything. Changed. His diapers changed. He had to do all this stuff. Like he couldn't do anything for himself. He was helpless. God, mm. mm-hmm. the person yeah. who said, "Like you know, light and light showed up." Yeah, God who created everything, helpless. It'd be like 
Elon Musk <laughs> or Jeff Bezos deciding to no longer be the CEOs of their companies, but go to the very bottom of the totem pole of their company. Yeah. I'm just trying to find like parallels that are somewhat grounded in yeah. reality. Just, be, just because. Just be, just, well, yeah, well, assuming they did it out of love for their company. <laughs> I love my company so much. So that much I'm so. I'm just going to go down to the bottom rung. But that's, but, but seriously, God loved the world so much that he gave yeah. his son. And the giving had to be, well, he had to be born. Yeah. The analogy grow. breaks down it because, does break you know, down, but Elon, Elon Musk isn't God. So <laughs> no, no, no. But some, someone of, someone of, of, uh, of, it doesn't have to be someone who's even rich. It can just be like a person who's the owner of their company. Yeah. In power. Or in a position of authority. And they have willingly or has something relinquished that and give it up for the sake of someone else and go to the bottom out of love for those those people. Actually, that is why this church has a bottoms up leadership structure. No, yeah, 100%. I mean, our church is is, you know, centered in that kind of power dynamic because of Jesus because that's the power dynamic of the kingdom. Like that's the way it was all meant to be. Um the way God intended it because that's how God does it. Um, you know, he always, he puts himself on the bottom, um, and lifts others up. That's just what he loves to do. And like you said, he never gets tired of it. Um, man, I think that's just such a cool concept to think about. God never tires of giving and never tires of loving. Um, so I think that's all we have today. I think, uh, that was, that's a pretty good conversation right there on love. Um, you know, next, this coming Sunday, uh, if you are in our community, is online only, just a reminder, uh, online only at 10.30 a.m. We'll not be gathering here. Um, so enjoy some time at home, watch it on the couch, sit with your fam, um, and have a nice little week off, and then we'll be back um, on January 7th. Um, so I think that's all I got today. Uh, if you have any other questions uh, or things you want us to talk about on the podcast, please let us know. Um, do not hesitate to do that. Uh, you can do that by going to the media tab on our website at mercyroadnw.com. Uh, and on our website, you'll also be able to find more details and information about our community. Uh, and you can get a hold of me or Luke directly as well. If you go to the staff page, you can find our emails on there. Uh, so thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>